up, we thought food was only something that could be enjoyed. And really, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. So much of life happens in the kitchen. It's a place to gather, to laugh, to burn your meatloaf while the kids do their homework at the kitchen island. So if life is happening in the kitchen, that's where we want to be. It doesn't have to be so hard. We can be great dads and great cooks. This show is about us trying to figure it all out. I'm Chris. And I'm Phil. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. Phil, did you think that we would make it to 100 episodes? The century mark? Chris. Yeah. I've had in my mind the millennial mark. So (laughs) we're like a tenth of the way there. That's some ambition right there. You inspire me. I can't help myself when I'm around you. I just want to go to the moon. And I want to go fast. I want to get on a giant rocket and go. Okay. (laughs) As long as it's the the blue origin shaped one. Yes. As opposed to like the BFR or something. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. The double rocket feels right. Here we are. A hundred episodes. Congratulations. Somehow we made it, Phil. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how. Because honestly, this is, it has been like a little bit more challenging of a journey than I was expecting. A little bit more work than I was expecting. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a piece of work. Yeah, and, and that's really what I was talking about. Just like having to sit down and talk with you a couple times a week is a little much, Phil. I can barely do that in the mirror, let alone how you feel. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But here we are, 100 episodes. I feel like we've come a long way. You know, when when we first kind of started out, we uh, barely fry an egg. And I'm not sure I can even fry an egg now. I can at least (laughs) say I can fry an egg over a podcast. Yes. No, I I think we absolutely have come a long way. I know I have. I feel a lot more comfortable in the kitchen. Even if, you know, I'm not cooking every meal, I know that I can like jump in there and figure my way through something where before I had no clue even where to start. But honestly, I think we've come a long way in a lot of ways. And I think that's what today's episode is really all about. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. I I think I've, let's see how to word this without sounding too kitschy. I'm eating Chipotle maybe seven times fewer each week, which means (laughs) I'm down to like once a day. So, so yeah, it's, it's progress. Oh, which by the way, and this probably goes against everything what we're trying to do here. Have you had their brisket? No, I haven't. Oh, it's delicious. I've heard about it, but yeah, yeah it's no, super, I haven't, super haven't given that a go yet. Yeah, so kind of in, in that spirit of seeing how far we have come, today's episode is an unaired recording from well, well over a year ago, Phil. Uh, you, were, you were out here in the springs. We were recording in my kitchen. We had really kind of no clue how to do any of this. It sounds terrible, <laughs> but... It's kind of like a little bit of an origin story, I think. Yeah, some origins and dare I say it's directly from the heart, deep within the depths of where we came from and where we had hoped to go with it. And like you mentioned, it's it's totally raw, which means the you know, it's 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 unedited, you know, and there's probably some amateurism <laughs> that's going on with with the recording and it sounds like we're you know we just have no idea what we're doing and, and yeah, technically speaking because we didn't because we didn't and i kind of love it so yeah yeah no I, I think it's from the heart it's uh special in, in in all the right ways so we hope you enjoy this little recording and this origin story as much as we did and with that When we were in Paris for our anniversary, I would walk down to the market and I would buy like 
a $3 bottle or like three euros of wine. And that's like all I ever got. And it was amazing. Like we got one of those every single night. Why are we over paying on wine? I don't understand it. It's marketing. That's what we're paying for. Yeah. Yeah. Right after my first daughter was born, we went over to some friends' houses for a Christmas dinner. And the, the host was pretty well off, you might say. And he had this like $100 bottle of wine that he brought out with dinner. And like he, he poured a little bit for me and then he poured a little bit for himself before like he poured it for the rest of the dinner party, like our, our families or whatever. And he's like, I, I just want to make sure we, we like it before we use the wine on, on each other, whatever. And I did... I didn't how, notice. How would you use that wine <laughs> on each other, Phil? <laughs> pretend like. I'm curious now. Pretend like that didn't happen. But you're a cruel, cruel man, and you'll probably keep that in the episode. Cruel, cruel editor that you are. Anyways, um, yeah, like, so I had a sip, and it seemed like it was pretty good wine. And then he had a sip, and he's like, this is terrible. And he, he literally takes the entire bottle of wine, $100 bottle of wine, and just pours it down the drain. And then he gets out Boda box yeah. for us all. And he's like, this is way better wine. Well, um, I was shocked. Yeah. That's, I think that's, that's great. I think it's like fantastic. Siri oh. somehow picked that up. I mean, I think it's great that he recognizes that and like cares about quality rather than the appearance of, you know, a hundred dollar bottle that maybe other people there wouldn't really like notice or, or care about. Um, one of, one of Molly's friends, she, she was an au pair over in France and I don't remember exactly where in France, but, um, yeah, she talked about how their, their like normal meal, like table wine would be boxed wine that they just like pour into a decanter and they only pull the bottle out for like special occasions. Yeah. Like every now and then. So I don't know, maybe there's just a, a different, a different wine culture that we haven't quite gotten to the, yeah. the point of yet two buck chuck mm. our our trader joe's is actually putting in a, a liquor store oh that's right colorado they, has those laws yeah they just changed it um so that i don't, I don't know uh i don't know all of the like ins and outs of the new the new laws you can sell full strength beer at grocery stores but i think they changed something with because previously I want to say that you could have one liquor, like full kind of like liquor store at one of your grocery locations in this state. So there was only one Trader Joe's with a liquor store in Colorado. Right. But I think that got changed. So they're building more. That's cool. Yeah. South Carolina doesn't have any liquor in grocery stores, but there's like full strength beer and wine. Yeah. I remember going to Vegas for the first time and like going to a gas station at like midnight and seeing like a plethora of like hard liquor in a gas station. And then it just made me realize like easy, I guess. Yeah. I guess I'm maybe lived somewhat of a sheltered life. I mean, is that how the rest of the world is or the rest of the country? I don't know. I really paid attention enough. Yeah. You just like buy a fifth that. So. I don't know how to transition. Yeah. Well, what are we talking about today, Chris? <laughs> That's a great transition. Phil. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I'm here for you. It uh, seems like it could be a good idea to do a little bit of an episode on, I don't know, just, just where, 
where we came from in our kitchen and, and uh, cooking journeys. Um, because neither of us are like, ne- neither of us went to culinary school. We don't right. really have a background in this. You know, we have normal non food related jobs. Um, I don't think either of us necessarily came from a family where food was a big deal. I know I didn't. Um, my wife did. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see kind of some of the differences in our, our appreciation or kind of our views on food. Um, but I, I think maybe we mentioned in an earlier episode, like for me growing up, food was, you know, our, uh, my mom tried to provide us with a lot of variety, but it was a little more utilitarian. You know, I think it was, it wasn't something that she really, really loved. And she, it almost turned into something that she was just trying to get through. Maybe is kind of my sense, like looking back. So I've had many uh, meals from mama Douglas. I thought they were pretty good. Yeah. So she was, she was like a good cook. She wasn't, yeah. I don't think it was like her passion. She didn't, you know, spend hours looking at recipes, trying to come up with something like new and crazy adventurous to try and make. Um, but I think because of that, like, you know, we never really spent much time in, in the kitchen. I think maybe she was trying to minimize her amount of time in the kitchen. Um, so I don't know. Like I, I, I never really learned anything, um, in terms of like where you even start to think about how to like put together a meal. So, so when did you start thinking um, how to put together a meal? Honestly, like it, it wasn't until I would say it wasn't until I got married and, um, kind of watched my wife and how she approached it, that some of that like started to make, make a lot more sense. You know, um, when I was, when I was single and, um, just kind of, you know, living on my own in an apartment, um, I'd go to the store, I'd I'd go to like target or something and, um, go through their little grocery aisles. And I kind of had this set list of things that I get. It would be, um, I'd get like some pasta and, um, a couple like frozen, meal things and some oatmeal. Like I, I had just my like simple, easy recipes that I, I kind of knew how to make. Yeah. And then I'd also end up eating out a lot. I'd like whatever order a pizza or, um, whatever takeout place was nearby at the time. Um, and I would say it was largely cause I just didn't know really like where to start. Um, I felt like there were a lot of roadblocks actually. Like I, I didn't know where to start. I didn't, I didn't know how to find a recipe. I didn't know if I was like, once I found that recipe, how to put together an ingredient list and then how do I pick ingredients? And, um, there were just so many things that felt like I didn't know maybe cause they were just, you know, never taught to me. I think my mom actually, like she spent time with my sister kind of teaching her some of the things, these things. Cause it's like the, the women's role or like the wife's role. <laughs> Yeah, we got and, we got to slash that stereotype. And yeah, I mean, uh, that left me like going and getting like Del Taco or something because <laughs> I had no clue. I forgot about that. Like, place. What to what else to do on a you know Thursday random Thursday night after I worked late or something? Yeah, dude, we have a Del Taco in Columbia, South Carolina. Like I thought it was just like a Colorado thing. 
Apparently they're all over. I think it's a terrible chain that's everywhere. Yeah. Well, I think in, I, I feel like it's human nature to want to think of ourselves as less than or like worse than we actually are because I don't think it was when you got married that you started taking cooking more seriously. When Ashley and I first got married, we went over to your apartment and you cooked dinner for us and you were, you were a bachelor at the time living your best life now or then, right? It's much better now. And, um, (laughs) and you made this pasta carbonara and I'll never forget that. And I remember loving it and then driving home with Ashley and saying something like, Chris is so cool. That was an incredible meal. Like I want to be able to cook like Chris. And you're making things up now. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not making that up. It was so good. And then she was like, "Oh yeah, he's super cool." <laughs> no, but like pasta carbonara, like such a such a great meal that I honestly didn't even know existed. I, I didn't yeah. know what it was until you like dished it out of my plate, and I was like, "Oh, this looks good. Is this is this Alfredo?" And you're like, "Dude, no, it's pasta carbonara." And yeah, like you you obviously knew more about cooking then than I did. Like where, where did that come from? I think, I think, I think the trick is that, uh, that was like one of the very, very few dishes that I really knew how to make. And it maybe because it was one of my favorites. Like I just, I just loved carbonara. Um, I mean, anything with bacon, bacon and cheese, like mm-hmm. you, that's hard to beat. Um, and I think maybe part of it was that it was my favorite. And then I, like decided that because I loved it, I wanted to learn how to make it. And I think, I think that recipe looking, if I remember right, I'm pretty sure I pulled that out of a GQ magazine, <laughs> no, which perfect. I mean, it was a while ago and the internet, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but like the internet has, I think changed a lot of, a lot of how accessible recipes and, and various cooking resources are. Uh, but at the time, you know, it was, it was something that I, I really liked and, uh, the, the recipe was kind of easily at hand. Like I, I found it super easily. Um, but I would say like maybe these days just Googling something that I liked. I don't really like that. We can, you can see something still, interesting. <laughs> me. Do you still get GQ magazine? I don't, I don't know if this will actually make it in but no i don't um there there were often pictures in there that my wife was a little uncomfortable with yeah they got a little porny they have since like totally taken all of that out really yeah i i like uh looked up their website not too long ago um i don't want to feel like an old frumpy dad but um yeah it's like like dudes on the cover of their magazine now and just like straight style and like lifestyle type stuff I, I think that's wonderful. Not that this podcast is about trying to be like this great intellectual, but yeah, I think we've objectified women for too long. So I think, yeah. I mean, like when it comes down to it, I think there's, I don't know if I mentioned it before. I don't know if, how much we want to reference things that we've mentioned before, but um, I think both my, uh, both, both Molly and I have, um, I don't know if I would say strong views, but we don't, we don't think we don't like us, uh, like the word ascribe. I for one love the word ascribe. Okay, I love the etymology. 
I love the different usages in different languages. So stupid. I think that both Molly and I, we don't entirely agree with or feel like we have to fit into some of those traditional, you know, I guess gender roles um, where, you know, the guy is the only one that can go work and yeah. the wife is in the kitchen. It's stupid. It's 2020. And, um, I mean, if, if, if we did, I would miss out on some seriously fantastic baked goods that my <laughs> wife makes uh, because that's like her job and she loves it. And yeah. she's, she's great at that. Um, and so would Colorado Springs. Yeah. Um, and so I don't think that there's any reason that I shouldn't like be able to help out in the kitchen. <laughs> I agree. I feel like we got derailed there. Um, what were you saying? Like that was moving us into gender roles. Oh, something. I just asked if you were, Oh, if objectification. Were like reading GQ. Yeah. Objectification. Yeah. I don't know if I'm confident enough to go there. No, I don't know. Maybe later. Maybe. So, um, we were talking about carbonara. Yeah. I have since made carbonara a number of times because of how much I loved your carbonara. We, you know, let's do an episode on how great carbonara is or how I, to make it. A hundred percent. feel like I tell you, what, you can do an episode on how to make carbonara and then I'll do an episode on how to screw up carbonara <laughs> because every time I've made it, it's just been like super greasy and I feel like I've maybe not cooked the bacon the right way or whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, sidebar. So I learned something. If bacon is in a recipe, um, you can often, you can boil the bacon to cook off all the fat and then still have huh. the bacon in the recipe. And it just, it'll have the flavor, but it won't be super fatty. Yeah. Which you may not necessarily entirely notice it when you're eating it, but you definitely will not have the heartburn. If you ever get heartburn. I feel we're getting old, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's not something that I've really struggled with until the past few years for me it's pizza and like the combination of pizza and wine and that's kind of the, the only thing that'll do it like pizza and red wine and then it's a little rough makes sense but uh we definitely should do an episode on carbonara it's it's one of my favorites and it's so easy um yeah. it, it's it's seriously just a couple ingredients like parmesan eggs and some type of pork like pancetta or or bacon um, um, there's obviously a pasta there's a timing on when you put the egg in. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you don't, you don't want scrambled eggs, No, but, um, I don't know. It's for, for how simple it is and how, how quick you can make it. It's kind of unbeatable. And when it's done well, Yeah. so that, that, that definitely goes on the list. Well, you, I don't think you were as bad as you thought you were and you're definitely a, a great cook now. I mean, I don't want it to sound like this bromance, even though I think my wife is pretty convinced, <laughs> but yeah, like, I think you're a great cook, but more importantly, I think you're a great dad. I think I'm, I think I'm getting better. I'm trying. Um, I, I feel like I've, I've learned a lot and, and honestly, um, I think there's, I don't know, there, there's this element of, of those gender roles that, um, you know, like the, the wife is supposed to be in the kitchen. So daughters get taught how to cook by their moms and like the sons aren't that I think does like society in general a disservice. Um, cause I, I don't think, cause it, 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 honestly it's, it's not, it's not impossible. It's not like this mystical thing. Um, 
for me, it, it took just seeing like a little bit of the process to make it feel more, to make it feel more, um, I don't know, achievable and realistic. Just seeing like, honestly, just looking at, at, at Molly and how she approached it, like how she would just set about, uh, she would set aside a little bit of time to pick some recipes that she liked and felt like fit together ingredient wise. And she would also kind of plan based on the seasons, kind of what's, what produce is in season, um, kind of meal plan, find her recipes and then like the whole shopping process and everything. I don't know how much we want to get into that, but, um, like it didn't take much to make it feel a lot more achievable, I guess. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. But. Did you want to maybe put the question to me? No. <laughs> and we're done. Sometimes outlines help. So I don't know. I mean, for me, it was, it, it still is very much a process. It, it was something that um, I felt very, very, very lost on and started to see that it, it was not as mystical as I initially thought it was. Um, and now, I don't know, I make it up as I go. And that's great. I like making things up. Feeling Transitions are hard for me right now. Um, and now uh, I'm, I think, getting better. Yeah. I feel like there's still a lot to learn. There are a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things that I'd like to get better at. Um, but I think, I think a lot of the roadblocks have, the mental roadblocks that I had for myself, I've been able to uh, address to some extent. So I don't know. Um, it's, it's kind of, it's funny that you like bring up the, the carbonara experience because um, I think, I think in our, our first episode, I, I mentioned it, but uh, a lot of my, that probably has to be the name of this episode, the carbonara experience. Maybe title. Um, <laughs> I like titles, <laughs> big title, man. Um, honestly, like a, a lot of my inspiration for wanting to, to, I don't know, get competent in the kitchen, I guess. Um, as, as I mentioned, came from a couple of our, uh, times, you know, with you guys, whether it was at, in Fort Collins or out, out in South Carolina, um, just seeing how, how seemingly comfortable you were at that point, um, in the kitchen and just talking with you, like how often you were, um, you know, just making your family dinner. It seemed like it was, you know, multiple times a week where, um, for me at the time it was, Oh, every couple weeks. <laughs> and, and even then it felt like a little bit of a struggle and it was something that like we had to, I had to like really mentally, plan for um but i don't know like what what did what did it look like getting to that level of um i don't know kind of like shared responsibility and i guess like overall comfort in the kitchen for you well that's very kind of you i think my personality is one to want to just kind of impress people and i think I kind of grew up thinking that that was like this big flaw. And I, I, I think there's in many ways things that I would like to kind of change about myself. But I think as I've learned more about myself and as I've grown older, I don't know if that's necessarily all that bad. At any rate, um, I guess some background, some history. So my parents divorced when I was pretty young, like five years old. 
And when I was, I think, seven, I wanted to make my mom dinner and like just really wanted to impress her. So I made stir fry. And I don't know why I chose that recipe. I don't know where I heard about that recipe. I think I might have asked her how to make it. But then I made it, like all of it. Um, probably had her cut the chicken for me. Uh, but I remember cooking the chicken or maybe beef or steak, I don't know, shrimp. But I, I just remember cooking that. And I think I had like canned baby corn and probably some water chestnuts. And I just remember like, I just remember opening those with the can opener and just feeling so proud. And then to probably over dousing the dish with soy sauce. And I mean, I don't remember what it tasted like, but I'm sure it was way salty. And I just remember like really genuinely wanting to impress my mom with dinner. And then I think as I've kind of like grown up, um, I think there's always kind of been this certain element of wanting to impress people that come over. So I cook for them and it's just kind of fun. Like it's this like self gratifying thing. I don't know if it's good. I really don't. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know in a way. Like, <laughs> honestly, like, this is like terrible word for truth. Should I have used masturbatory? <laughs> self gratifying. <laughs> I don't know, Phil. I mean, in, in a way, like, it doesn't, it, it almost feels like that's the wrong word. Like, and I don't know. Impressed doesn't, obviously, I'm not, you, I'm not in your, in your mind, but impressed doesn't feel like the, the, encapsulation of that idea it's i feel like there's there's something about preparing a meal for somebody else that's maybe maybe there could be an element that's for yourself but so much of it is it feels like it comes down to caring about other people in a way and giving 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 of yourself to somebody else give giving there's the whole process is is about feels about giving it's like you're you're giving sustenance you're giving life you're giving your time you're giving your energy and your passions to to somebody else um and i don't know there's there's just something that uh, maybe it's super super cheesy but feels kind of core and and obviously it's not something that we always feel sometimes we're just you know trying to get through it but I think when it comes down to it, the absolute like core of cooking is about giving to other people. Yeah. It's almost like who cares what the motive is? Like who cares if it was self-serving at the end of the day, cooking for someone else is in a way giving life. And this is a super cheesy podcast and I kind of love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I love it. It took a turn. Um, <laughs> and I think there's something I think there's something just really cool about that when when you think about it being applied to um I, I would say both. Both our families and and friends. Um I don't know, I'm just thinking about like the dinner with you and Ashley. And it's a really annoying sound. This is the ice maker? Maybe. I bet it is. Um, I bet it's the water pressure in the ice maker. A little little water hammer. Yeah. There we go. And it's gone. I, know, I was just thinking about the, the dinner with you and Ashley. Um, I think there is so much. I feel like we're going long. I don't know. I don't want to ramble. Yeah, we can wrap it up. Um, Put the bow on it. 
I don't know what that is. Um, I don't remember the last decent thought that I had. Yeah, I mean, kind of like I said, I don't, I don't want to get too, I don't want to get too cheesy with it, but um, I, I, I really don't remember what the last good thought was. I'm sure we'll f- we can fix it. Yeah. When we're when we're editing it. Um, I don't know. I think at the end of the day, if you can make a meal for someone else, like regardless of the circumstance, I think they're generally going to appreciate it and they're going to feel valued and they're going to love it. Even if you suck. So like here's the sucking for someone else, you know? <laughs> Perfect. Cause okay. that is feeling way too heartfelt. So <laughs> seriously, like don't, uh, don't worry about being perfect. Just do something kind for someone. And we might just be whole again. Yeah. No, that's great. That's so cheesy. Uh, we might just be whole again. Oh, boy. We might just be whole again. We might just be whole again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, another podcast that I listen to. Kind of the host's motto is don't be terrible. And I don't know. Maybe that kind of fits in with that. Like, I don't know. And maybe this is all getting too philosophical. But... uh philosophy philosophy it's from modern family oh uh-huh. can't say i've actually watched it haven't seen an episode oh gosh <clears throat> um yeah i don't know i think the world would be a better place if we all had a little more compassion understanding and actually like weren't terrible to each other yeah we made each other a meal every now and then especially when we're you know maybe going through big life events <laughs> set up for the next episode that I'm supposed to be surprised about. They already know that we're in person for this one. No, oh. that was the that was the mise en place. I don't know. Yeah, I, I yeah, like if someone's gonna have a kid or yeah. Yes. Anyway, we could probably we could probably wrap that up. Yeah. Um, so, um, I think I think it's great just to to share a little bit more about like kind of where where we've been. We've we've sucked. We still feel like we suck. I'm sure. I know I do. Um, not great at this. Trying to get better. And trying to get better, I don't know, even if it's kind of lame, trying to get better with a purpose. Because yeah. like, um, I think food is food is essential to life. It's essential to, to all of us. And um, I don't know, like I said, I just want to, I want to get like better, better at cooking daily or weekly. Because I care for, I care about my family. I care about my wife and yeah. and people that we have over. Like I want to be able to create something special for them. Um, I have an idea. So obviously, we want to kind of engage a dialogue with 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 you guys, with with our listeners. And so if if you are brave this week and you cook a meal that seems somewhat overwhelming to you, we want to hear about it. Take a picture, share it with us. Get in touch and um, yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll feature you on the blog. And uh, if they wanted to go ahead and do that, Phil, where would they find us? Dadskitchenco.com, or you can check us out on Instagram at Dadskitchenco. The Insta. Oh, 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 oh.